Welcome to the Christ Culture Podcast. Yes, we are in person today. We have an actual audience with real people, real faces. So shout out to you guys for coming. Yeah, but you can clap for that. Thank you guys for showing up today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, they munching down on some good food right now. Is it good? Great. Is it good? Shout out who's, who provided the food today. Queen's Cuisine Ooh. is in the building somewhere around here. She's probably fixing the food. And it there. is bomb, you guys. Like She made me a little vegan plate. Oh, she did? She did. She had a special plate for me. Ooh. I had some chickpeas. It was flavorful. Okay. And then some purple cabbage, red cabbage, red cabbage, and some wild rice, I think. I don't know what type of rice it was, but it was bomb. Good. It was bomb. Yeah. So shout out her. Um, we also have some sponsors that we want to shout out who kind of yes, helped we do. us put the show on today. Yeah, it is. This event is because of them. They donated and blessed us and helped us put this event together. Amen. So we want to make sure that we give them... A spotlight, so I will get started here. Okay. Who's the first one? The first one is Kaya's Cajun Flavor Seasoning. I've had this seasoning before myself. It's pretty good. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Kaya spent eight years of her life in Savannah, Georgia. After falling in love with the atmosphere, food, and culture, she mastered her craft of blending low-sodium spices and creating delicious foods. Um, she's from Muskegon, Michigan. Hey. And... Um, yeah, she puts together plates and crab boils and all kind of delicious seasoning packs. So if you are interested in any of those, you can go to kayasflavor.com. That's K-A-J-A-S flavor.com. That's awesome. Oh, she's also on Instagram, so you can go to Kaya's Flavor on Instagram as well. Amazing. Our second sponsor comes from uh, the Just a Widow Talk podcast. Yeah. Um, it brings a unique and individual story of the stories, I should say, of spousal and partner loss in a supportive way to help those who are also on their grief journeys. The host, Teresa Taylor-Williams, is a widow and mental health professional who seeks to amplify the voices of the bereaved by interviewing people who have lost a spouse or partner. It is her ministry, and she is honored to advocate for grievers. Just a Widow Talk may be heard on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and is actually one of 70 podcasts distributed worldwide through the Mental Health News Radio Network. Wow. Shout out, Teresa. Wow. That's a powerful ministry. That's awesome. Um, let's see here. Our last sponsor of the day is World Harvest United Churches uh, with presiding Bishop Calvin Davis Sr. Oh, come on, Pops. That, I don't know who that is. <laughs> shout out, Pops. Yeah, they want to shout out their National Holy Gathering. It's a fellowship of churches that come together. That's going to be um, next year, July, 25, uh, July 25th through the 28th, um, there's going to be high praise and worship. They're going to have a Women of Worth Tea luncheon. There's going to be intercessory prayer. Uh, there's going to be different outreach ministries going on. There's going to be um, just all kind of different things. The registration for that is coming soon, and volunteers are needed. So if you are interested you can contact them at 571-218-0004 um, and ask them what's going on and get more information and be a part of Ignite 2023 by World Harvest United Churches. Amazing. That's going to be held in Alexandria, Virginia, hey, by the way. come on. Yeah. Wow. So thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, because we would not be in this space if they did not help us out a little bit. So bless you guys, and um, we appreciate you. Yeah. 
So it's been a, a busy two weeks, Key. Yeah. For us, you know, putting this together. I feel like more than two weeks. It's only been two weeks? Mm, two weeks heavy, yeah. I would say. How did we even, like, come to think about having an event? Uh, honestly, the first thing that came to mind was I knew uh, Queen's Cuisine. Mm-hmm. I knew the, the photographer, and I was like, what could we do to bring other people into what we're doing? And the idea kind of sparked, and I brought it up to you all, and you were like, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I love how it's becoming like a networking event, not just, hey, let's watch yeah. a podcast live. You yeah. know, we're, like, we're here interacting with each other and we're meeting new people, so I think that's really dope, too. Yeah. You say free food and people show right. up. Right. <laughs> I would be there, shoot. Um, yeah, that's really awesome. So I'm really excited about us being in person today. Yeah. Um, it's nice to put faces with the numbers. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I just feel like God is going to bless this experience that we have right now, not just for us, but anybody in the room and then anybody who listens to it, whether it's today on live or any other time in the life. Yep. Um, because we have a very powerful topic today. Yeah, one that we've been skating around for about <laughs> five weeks. This was a topic that we kind of had in the forerunning. Forerunning? I just made that word. Um, but when we, were, when we were planning out our episodes, like in the original meeting that we had at the Starbucks yeah. in Old Town, um, we were like, okay, let's talk about maybe this topic and this topic, like all the top hottest pocket, top, hottest topics that we could think of. Right. And when it came to this one, we were kind of like, Maybe next week, or yeah, maybe it was at the top of our list, but we were like, uh, "This is the first episode. Let's yeah, maybe not do it. It's a juicy one for yeah. sure." So we decided today to talk about the topic of relationships. Relationships, yay! Yes, yes. And um, not just relationships, like romantically. I think that's where we're, our brains go when you think right. relationships. Um, but also like friendships and relationships with your family or relationships with God, relationships with yourself. Um, there's different versions and I feel like they all come down to perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely perspective. And then also reflection, a reflection of yourself. The relationships that you see around yourself are a reflection of how you see yourself. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk a little, a little about that. We'll see where that conversation goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just want to encourage the audience. You can talk while we're talking. Interact with us. Clap if you want to clap. Yell at us if you like something. Um, if you want to laugh, okay. you can laugh out loud. Yep. You don't have to chuckle under your breath. <laughs> yeah. Because um, yeah. you guys are alive and breathing. Yeah, we don't want you to just feel like, okay, the recording, we have to be silent. We want you guys to be fully a part of this conversation as well. Absolutely. Um, also, towards the end of our episode, we always do uh, questions from the audience. And so now that we have a real audience in front of us, we will probably turn the mic to you guys if you guys have any questions or things that you would like to address or just anything. It doesn't have to even yeah. be about relationships, but we'll turn the opportunity to you guys to open up conversation. Absolutely. So if you think of a question while recording, make sure you remember it so that uh, you can ask it when that time comes. Absolutely. Cool. Um, I think it's funny. Not even funny. It's just the way that God works. He'd be funny. He'd be using his He's sense hilarious. of humor. You know? Um, this morning, we were watching the watch party for Elevation. We yep. watched service this morning. And then after, I came to you and was like, hey, Calvin, like, let's just reconvene about this topic today, mm -hmm. you know? Because I remember you saying that you had some notes, yes, right? Yes, I did. And then uh, Friday morning, I woke up at, like, 5 in the morning, and I said, God is speaking to me, and I was just, like, writing down notes at 5 in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then also, last night, I was praying about it again, and I was just like, okay, like, God, help me figure out what I need to say you yeah. know and I I just kept hearing this voice of you know 
well, not even a voice, but I was, I was feeling like I needed to seek inspiration from other people's experiences that I could touch on. So I was seeking like other podcasts or other sermons or listening to other people and be like, okay, if I, if I kind of took that bit and then maybe put it together, then it would have a nice topic Mm -hmm. to, it would sound good. Like, you know, what are the people needing to hear? Like I'm trying to orchestrate it in my head. Yep. And then what I heard was God being like, okay, you might have some points that you picked up, but let me do it. Mm. Let me do it. And um, I'm going to use your experiences. I'm going to use your pain. I'm going to use your joy. I'm going to use your hope and all these things that you've already experienced because you are valid and qualified enough to speak on these things. Yeah. So that kind of freed me a lot. Yeah, and what you didn't know was I was going through the same thing. Yeah. So the notes that I had, actually, I wrote down maybe three, four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. He decided that's when he wanted to talk to me. Yep. And I typed about four paragraphs of notes in my phone. And over the weekend, I got a new book, and I was just trying to glean information about relationships, trying to find anything good. And it was like, it was almost like my brain was turned off mm. and I just couldn't receive any information. Um, and I realized that he was trying to tell me that I already had what I needed to say. So he wanted me to just sit down and let him talk. Uh, enter a deep breath. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's so real. And I feel like God does that all the time. Yes. He does it all the time. And we have to kind of acknowledge that I'm not in control here mm. and release that. Yep. Um, it's so easy not to do that when you're like, okay, I I need to get this done and to get this done. And like, maybe you get stressed because sometimes, yeah, we get stressed trying to control things. Um, but just leaving it up to him is very freeing. It is very freeing. It is. Ultimately he has the right answer. Yeah. So, so just go to him (laughs) for it. It it makes life so much easier. All that (laughs) to say this, this talk, this conversation is completely sponsored by God today. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bunch of notes in my book, and I'm not going to look at them. So we're going to let the Holy Spirit just funnel through us yeah, and uh, be instruments to do that. So where do we start with this topic? Um, can we just see, like, where the single people at? Single people, woo, woo. It's like, we're, we're <laughs> clearly outnumbered here in yeah. this room. Yeah. Um, and then I guess everybody else who's in relationships, Shout out, woo, relationships, yay, bless. Wait, how many of y'all have been in relationships more than a year? Yay, shout oh, wow. y'all out. Okay, maybe y'all should be over here behind the mic talking, not me. We got we got experiences. <laughs> yeah. We, you've been in a relationship before, right? Yeah, of course. So you're, you have you have uh, experiences, you're good. Yeah. You have enough. I hope so. I've been in a relationship before. Yep. We're qualified. You sure? Yeah. All right, let's do it. God said yes, so here we are. Um. So I think... Where did it start off? I think um, let's let's go into story. Let's Ooh. let's go into story. So could you? I'm throwing you under the bus like I always do. Okay. Could you tell us um, tell us about a relationship that you had that you felt the most connected to God while you were in that relationship? If you've had one. Hmm. Don't think I have. Just to be totally honest. Okay. Um, So let me just be vulnerable today. Let me go back to the last serious relationship that I had. Okay, let's do it. Um, That was actually back in high school. Okay. Yeah, my senior year in high school, I was involved with somebody for um, about half the school year. And we were pretty close, and we grew pretty close. And I did something that I never did before, and that was bring her around my family. Deep. Was that Thanksgiving? 
Uh, no, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I brought her around my family. She met everybody. Um, and long story short, it ended up not working out. And be, kind of because of the way things ended, I made a promise to myself that I would never bring another woman around my family until I knew it was real. Mm. Um, so my sister back there, my father and my people, they're always asking me, Who's your girlfriend? What's going on? What you you know, who you're talking to? And it's always just kinda like, eh, nobody, nothing, nothing's going on. But that's the reason I've always been that way. Um, so that was the last real, like serious relationship that I was in. Um, I don't really know why I haven't been in another one since then. Maybe I'm just apprehensive about it for reasons like the fact that it didn't end well or uh, whatever the case is. But but yeah. What's the last serious one you were in? Uh, <laughs> to be real, where were we? December? Like six months ago. Okay. Yeah. That was probably my most serious relationship, to be honest. Okay. Uh, we had dated for a year and a half. And to me, out of all the experiences that I've had with dating, this was actually the most godly relationship that I had. Okay. Um, so it, it was definitely interesting because before I met him, that's when I completely surrendered like my desire to date um, because you know before it'd be like this was like right after I got baptized too this was probably like six months after I got baptized um, but I was like you know what God like I am not going to be out here looking you know even if I feel like I have a desire to be in a relationship I'm not going to go on my own will and seek somebody yeah. I'm going to just sit back and like just be who I am um, and I think that was a lesson that I had to learn because I have always been a go-getter. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even as females, as go-getters, it's our urge to kind of be like, okay, I see something, I want it, I'm going to yeah. go get it, right? Yeah. And so for me to kind of surrender that thought, it was like, okay, I'm going to sit back and like just be present. Yeah. Um, on top of that, it was just me being like, okay, as a female, I still believe in like old school dating where... Where I feel like the man pursues. Okay. You know, and, um, you know, I just feel like if I'm looking for my man, that kind of defeats his purpose of looking and seeking for me. Mm -hmm. um, although, I will say for all those single ladies out there, I'm not saying stay at home and he's going to come knock on your door. Maybe put yourself we out. We got to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he might deliver your Amazon package. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, put yourself out there. Go to coffee shops or go on hikes or just do the things that you like for real. Do right. the things that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then who knows? Maybe somebody will be along the same path that finds you. Absolutely. Um, but I wasn't seeking is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, so we met and then we dated for like a year and a half. And I thought I thought it was God sent. I mean, looking back, it still was because I wouldn't be where I am today if mm -hmm. it wasn't for that. Um, but we would like pray together. We would um, do Bible studies together, which I thought was really cute. And I've always wanted that yeah. to be like, OK, let's just go to Barnes and Noble and order a coffee and then we'll open our Bible and then like just go through the word and dissect it and like talk about it. So I really enjoyed that. Um, but, yeah, I think it just ended on terms where we if OK, we're going to be real, let's we're going to be vulnerable. So it it turned into um we were tr we ended up trying to define our relationship as a godly relationship mm. um how we felt so even though we weren't married we were still being lustful yeah. and then we said well we know that we want to get married so we're technically married in heart has mm. anybody done that before <laughs> i mean i speak for somebody somebody out there has done that before but it's like i felt Anytime that we would act on our lust, we would feel this 
guilt. And it it would come to, okay, we feel guilty about this, let's repent about it, and then we wouldn't yeah. do anything, and then maybe a week later happens, and then that lust is back, and then we kept acting on our feelings. Mm. We kept feel, uh, fueling our flesh. Um, and it, at some point, I started to feel like, okay, this isn't what God wants. Um, I mean, he was feeling the same way. We'd have conversations about it, but we decided that we can't continue to do that. Yeah. Um, and then I think even with us doing that, certain other things, you know, because one sin kind of bring others in it at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of things just started to go downhill. Um, so then we decided that we were going to separate. And yeah, since then, I've been on this journey of like, okay, well, who am I? Who's my, what's my relationship with God? Yeah. Um, how is God redeeming me? How am I seeing myself? You know, how am I even seeing men in general, like, you know, I was dating this man of God, um, but we still acted on our humanly yeah. things. Yeah, fleshly desires. Yeah, our fleshly desires. So that was my last relationship, which was kind of not that long ago, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. So let me just say this. Over the last, I don't know how many years, but um, God really had to start dealing with me in the area of relationships. Mm. Um, and this is what I mean by that. I was praying, asking God for something in a woman, certain characteristics, attributes, giving him my wish list, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And um, especially over the last year, year and a half, he flipped it back on me. And he asked me, are you the type of man that that type of woman would want? That's real. That's real. And the answer, unfortunately, was no. Yeah. And... He took the last year, year and a half, and when I tell you he ripped so many things out of me, mm. he was like, you don't need that, you don't need that, that's not going to work for you, and he broke me down, brought me back to him, and then started putting me back together, and while it was happening, and it's still happening, I, did, I didn't always know why, mm -hmm. uh, but now I am starting to see that he was answering my prayer, but he was answering it in a way that I didn't understand. That's how he works. Yeah. Yeah. So I was asking him uh, for a certain type of woman, and his answer to that was to make me the type of man that that woman would want. Yeah. It hurts. Um, you know, my pride got put in check. Um, those lustful thoughts and things got put in check. Um, so many things just got ripped out of me that I didn't need, that I didn't even know necessarily that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think, can you speak to that, just your wish list versus who you are, and does that person actually want who you are? Yes, I can actually speak to this, because this is something that I had a conversation with God about. Okay. Very similar, where he's like, are you, but are you that? Yeah. So, um, kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, is like, I have this wish list, and God's like, turning back around, is like, well, are you that type of person that would be, they would be attracted to? Yeah. Um, and... For me, I had to become that list that I wanted mm. where, yes, I have, I wouldn't call it even a wish list, but there were qualities that I wanted in a person. And there's also the things that are like absolute, you know, no, I'm not going to, yeah. my red flags that I will notice and be like, okay, no, I yeah. won't put myself through that. Right. Yeah. So the things that were on my, my pro list pretty much, um, not only did I have to become the person that somebody like that would be 
attracted to. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking like physically. I mean like right. attracted to. Um, but I was I had to become that person. Where if I was like, okay, God, I want somebody who is diligent. I want somebody who prays like three times a day. I want somebody who is going to affirm um, not just me as his woman, but his family. And like, I want somebody who is a family person who like does all these things because they're family oriented, because I value that. All these things that I value. Um, It's one thing to be like, okay, I want this. But then it's another thing to be like, okay, am I these things? Because you can't ask for something if you're not putting in the work for yourself absolutely um so for me if i want somebody who's praying three days a week or three times a day then i better be making sure that i'm praying three Mm -hmm. times a day and not just because i'm saying oh i'm checking this off my list but because it's actually the life that i live Mm -hmm. you know i had to kind of reevaluate my life not to be attractive for somebody else but so that i'm attractive for myself that i'm attracted to myself wow in the most humble way of course not vain but that's so big. It's so big because during that time when I, when I was asking him for those things and he told me those things, I was finding myself looking in the mirror every day and I'm like, I'm not happy with what I see. I'm not happy with where I am. And then the question became, how do I get to that place? Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't get there by myself. Right. So God just took it into his own hands. And sometimes he has to deal with you harshly mm-hmm. to get you to where you need to be. But uh, I'm definitely glad that he grabbed me up by my neck and was like, okay, let's do the work. Um, can yeah. we, before we go on, can we talk about that, how you're like, he grabbed you up by your neck? Yeah. That sounds very um, intense. It is. But it's real. Can it we is. talk about that that yes. journey right there? I guess we're just going to keep getting more and more. Let's do it. Today. Let's do it. I struggled with pride so much. Um, it's just something that's always kind of been in me. Uh, I just felt like I could do everything. I could handle everything. I could carry any weight. I could get through any situation, and I didn't need help. And um, he had to put me in a position where I had no other choice but to ask for help. Mm. And that was, like, one of the biggest things he dealt with me on. And a lot of that came through uh, my health situation. So... Uh, my sister's in the back of the room this year, earlier this year, there were days where I couldn't stand up off the couch. Mm-hmm. She had to literally take care of me, drive me back and forth places. Um, so I went from being the big, strong, physical guy to the guy who could barely stand up on his own two feet. And at the time while I was going through it, um, it doesn't seem fair. You don't understand why, but God knows exactly what button to push to get you to where you need to be. Um, and when I look back at it, had he dealt with me any other way, I would have ended up right back in my prideful place. Mm. He put me in a position where he taught me the lesson for good. Um, it's like when you get a spanking as a kid, I only (laughs) need one spanking and I know I I can't do that anymore. Um, so yeah, when I say he grabbed me up by the neck, he, he, he really just, like I said, he uprooted so many things out of me. Um, one by one, and it was like they were just coming fast and furious, and I was getting convicted in in my spirit on so many things, and I was like, what is going on? And then in the middle of that journey, when he began to reveal to me um, what he was trying to do in my life, I surrendered to the process, and I am still surrendering, Um, and it's not easy. I still have a lot of tough days. Mm -hmm. Um, This morning, I wasn't feeling well. 
I still deal with a lot of the stuff I was dealing with. But the difference is now I understand that I'm in that process of him turning me into what I prayed for. Yeah. And I have to just completely surrender in every way to his will. Um, but because I know I am surrendering, that's what gives me the faith to keep pushing mm-hmm. forward, to keep moving forward. So, uh, yeah, that's what I mean by grabbing me up by the neck. There's a few things that you were talking about that I want to hit. Um, him changing you. Yes. You came to understand that he was changing you to be the person that you prayed for. Yep. I think that goes bigger than that even, where we pray for things, meaning like these are the things that we hope for, right? In order to get that, it's not always a linear thing that's like, okay, you prayed for this, I'm going to just give it to you. Mm. You kind of have to go down a ditch first so to good. get to where it is because yeah. he's testing your character there once, uh, one, and then he's also t- uh, testing your trust. Yep. Um, and so for you to know that that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. That's the process. You recognize the process, yes. right? Um, you also surrendered to the process. Mm-hmm. I think in order to surrender, you also have to trust. You do. You have to trust. So you knowing that this is the process and coming down here, you're like, I'm letting go of this, surrendering, so then I can trust that you're going to bring me up here to this promise. Mm-hmm. And I think we can we can reflect that into our relationships yep. um, because sometimes... I always say, like, if there's no trust, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in a relationship and you don't trust that person, what makes you think you can surrender? What makes you think that you can um, go through journeys and things like this where sometimes we're going to have adversity. We're going to have things that are inconvenient. We're going to have all these things that we didn't plan for. Yeah. And if I don't trust you, I can't, I don't know what yeah. character you are. I don't know what you're going to turn into or how you're going to treat me or you know, what your decisions might be, right? And you'll never be fully in the relationship like that. You won't. You'll always be apprehensive. Right, exactly. And that's no way to have a relationship. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, there's no way to have a relationship. So I think um, having that figure where we can rely on God, yeah. because God is never changing. He will always be that God. Um, we can kind of take that as our role model for any relationship that we step into, if we know God in that way. Yeah. You know, and I think... For any relationship that you get into, you have to know what your relationship with God is first. Yes. If you don't know your relationship with God, you need to stay in that single season. You need to stay in that single season because if you're not connected to God, and even if, you know, if we're not, if I say this for even our non-believer followers or um, people who might not be Christian, you have to have your grounded anchor in some way, the higher source, the universe, whatever, God created all of that, one. But um, whatever you believe in, you need to be grounded to your principles of yes. morale because if you're not and something comes up, you're going to hurt that other person more than you're going to hurt yourself. Absolutely. Um, so that's really big. Yeah. That's really big. So talking about the process, there's just one other thing I want to say, um, and I learned this through my experience. I think there's a, a reason that God put us in time and we experience time on a linear path, and he doesn't just give us the full story up front. Because a year ago, if God would have said, in order for me to answer your prayers, I got to put you through all these things. Mm. You know what I would have said? Never mind, I'm good. I'll stay where I'm at. And I think God doesn't reveal everything to us precisely for that reason, uh, because he doesn't want us to back out. Yeah. Um, So when God starts to reveal to you the process, 
don't be discouraged if you're getting it in little bits at a time and you're not seeing the full picture. Um, don't abandon the process. Um, stick with it because there's a reason he's doing it that way. Even if it looks like you're going a different direction, mm -hmm. especially if you feel like you're going a different direction. If you can still hear God's voice, that's not the wrong direction. Yep. It's a different direction. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I think, um, where was I going with this? Going off the idea of trust, knowing who God is, yep. I think also bringing it back to relationships. Um, kind of like how I was saying, like, I believe in old school mm -hmm. dating. Um, can we talk about, and, and this, we're bringing culture into it at this point. Can we talk about masculinity and femininity? Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? Explain. Um, okay, so I think right now it's pretty big in culture where it's like, I'm in my masculine energy, I'm in my feminine energy, or blah, 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 whatever. Um, as humans, we have both. We okay. have both masculine and feminine. You as a male have both masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. Me as a female have both masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. However, there's a balance. There's a different balance that we kind of tap to. Um, as a single person, it maybe not necessarily be as more uh, weighted, I guess I should yeah. say. Um, but when you're in a relationship, whether you know it or not, there is a masculine and feminine balance between the two partners. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it varies between relationship. Whatever works for your relationship works. Um, but so ideally, the masculine is defined as the decision maker, um, the provider, the, um, the, per, uh, the nurturer and all these things that are kind of like moving the thing forward. Yeah. This is the one that's the more productive um, trait, I should say. Okay. Um, and then the feminine is going to be the softer one, the one that's a little bit more um, loving and, you know, just gentle and then also nurturing as well. Yeah. Um, so if we're looking at ourselves individually, I can identify with all those traits. Yep. Um, if, I'm sure you probably identify with all those mm -hmm. traits in yourself. You're more emotional if you're in your feminine. You're more masculine if you're like, okay, I'm going to go and get this. I'm yeah. going to go haunt it, right? Um, so when it comes to relationships, there's a balance between, okay, this role is in the masculine and then this is in the feminine. Mm. Um, now, when it comes to, let me, let me talk on the single first. Let me talk on the single first. Okay. So in my, in my experience, okay, this is not law. This is not anything. This is only, I'm speaking on my experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I am a I, I feel like I'm a strong woman. I feel like I know what I want. I feel like if I know what I want, I'm going to go get it. Um, I'm also going to be emotional. I'm also want to be gentle, uh, tender and gentle and all those things, right? I am all those things in one breath. I think also today in our society, we are at the most influential time of our life where women are stepping up in their workplaces. Mm, yeah. They're stepping up because we are in a male-dominated workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, so now women have opportunities to be CEOs and bosses and all these things. Even if you're not, you're still striving to be a little bit more in your environment, yep. right? Um, that's a masculine. That's very much masculine. I'm mm -hmm. not saying that you're manly. That's your masculine trait taking over. I need to get this done. That go-getter. That go-getter. Yep. That's your masculine. And the same breath, it might be like, I got baby fever. I want kids right now. I just want to hold something and nurture it and feed it and take care of it. I want to do all that. That's my feminine. 
where I want to be gentle. I want to be soft. I want to yes. be that almost like a mother figure, right? I have both of those. Um, so that's talking on the, the single, the individual. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now when I'm looking at relationship, um, this is something that I've actually been discovering about myself in the last like six months of like, okay, okay this is what I want. This is what I'm doing. But like, how do I distinguish all these things? Um, in the dating force, if I'm dating somebody, I do not want to come into the relationship as a female and be super masculine because that takes away from the man's role to be super masculine mm -hmm. and provide for his woman, I provide for that, his yeah. family, right? Yep. Um, and on top of that, if I'm stepping into that masculine role, then I'm also kind of not fulfilling my feminine role to kind of balance that. Yeah. Because you can't be in a relationship and have two masculine figures because no decisions are going to get made. Yeah. And taking it even biblically, you know, if the man provides, um, the woman so-and-so uh, submits, mm -hmm. how does that look if I'm the one providing and doing all these things and then the man submits to me? Yeah. You know, um, there has to be a respect there needs to be conversations about it i think that's the that's there the needs right to be there. conversations about it because sometimes i could be like well i want to be in my feminine i want to be nurtured i want to be cared for and um, provided for as a man you know who might desire to do those things for his woman yeah. but if i'm not communicating it maybe he's like well i want to be nurtured and i want to be provided for and i want to do you know have those things if yeah. it's not communicated there's not gonna, there's gonna there's not gonna be a match yeah. does that make sense yeah, for sure. And I think that speaks to one of the stages of relationships that I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think a lot of people, especially young people now, skip. And that stage is the learning stage. Mm -hmm. We go from visual attraction and then the entire relationship is based off of that. So relationship is literally in what ways do I relate to this person? And if you don't take time to learn that individual, to learn in what ways you relate to them and communicate those things like you just said, you're going to end up in a bad place ultimately. You agree? No. Yes, I agree. Okay. I was going to piggyback, but finish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so just learning, learning in what ways do you relate to that person, I think is a really good basis to start a relationship off. So it's okay to be visually attracted to another person. God made it that way for a reason. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply. So the initial, um, the initial visual attraction is okay. Uh, the problem becomes when that is where it stops. And then the rest of the relationship is only based off of that. It's only based off of attraction and nothing else. Good? Okay. Yes, there's a, a stage of dating, which is learning. Yeah. I also believe that that stage never expires. That's true. I feel like as humans, we are ever evolving. We always learn new things. We always face different um, versions of ourselves yep. and in a relationship. And I'm thinking like even my grandparents, they're 85 plus, I think 87. Yeah. Um, but they've been married since they were 19 years old. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, like if one person is traveling, the other person's off, whatever, um, at home, they will write little letters or call them like, hey, I'm thinking like you would think they're still teenagers dating in that like right. honeymoon phase. Like they're so cute. Yeah. Um, but I think it attests to like them continually learning each other. Yeah. Not saying that you're going to be in that cute phase all the time. Yeah. But even when it's boring, you're still learning that person and being like, OK, 
maybe it's not boring. Maybe we need to spice some things up and do different things. Maybe they just need their alone time right now because that's where they're at in their own individual life. As relationships, you're two individual people. You shouldn't expect, I had a phase in my life where I was like, okay, if I'm dating somebody, we need to be the same person. Mm. I want to find my... Yeah, I don't need another me. I need another person who's just like me because I've never... I, I I grew up being very, um, I was a dancer, so I was yeah. very artistic. So I always grew up people being like, you're so weird, you're so weird. Mm-hmm. And I thrived off of that because I'm like, wow, I'm so unique. But then as I got older, I was like, I just want somebody unique like me. So yeah. then I was seeking people who was like my twin flame, if you would say. Okay. <laughs> you know, I wanted somebody who was just like me because I'm like, I just want somebody who can be goofy and silly and do weird stuff with me and like, don't look at me like you're weird. Like, yeah. wow. You get it, you know? Um, But I think learning your person never goes out of style when you're in a relationship because you will always evolve. You will always learn new things. um, And you guys are always going to be building off of. Maybe your foundation changes. I think the foundation... No, the foundation stays the same. The foundation stays the same. Sometimes you paint the walls different. Sometimes you change that with the couches or whatever. Like, the interior might change a little bit, but you're still in the same house with the same foundation. Um, And the house will stay if you have a foundation based on how God loves. A couple things. I was listening to a sermon by T.D. Jakes. You know I'm going to talk about T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes plug. And he was saying that when... um, T.D. Jakes fan? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, he was saying that when you marry a person, you are not saying yes to that person. You are saying yes to every version All of that the person yeah. that exists. Um, and I think that's a big part of what you were just saying. When you commit yourself to another person, you are committing yourself to that learning process. You're committing yourself to a process, a process of learning and understanding um, who that person is over time yeah they're going to change they're going to evolve just like you um so you can't you can't put all your eggs in the this version of you basket yeah i'm saying yes to whatever comes after this yeah yeah i saw um something that freed me it was like um when you're dating or in a relationship marriage whatever it is it's not about compatibility yes it's not about is this person my person because as long as you both have the desire to make it work, then that is your person. Yeah. If one person quits, then there's nothing left that you can fight. You can't drive. I don't know where that analogy was. But you, you, it has to be a two-way road. Yes. It has to be a two-way road where you're Absolutely. both trying. Yeah. Um, I think in one of my relationships, I got caught up in, oh, this isn't working. We're not compatible. Where, yes, maybe we weren't compatible at the time. Um, but we also were not looking at the bigger picture of what is it that we want and are we both willing to achieve that together, yeah. no matter what, no matter what. And at the end of the day, we weren't compatible. Okay. I, don't, I mean, we're not together anymore. But um, that's something that I kind of had to realize where it's like it's not about compatibility. It's about mutual effort. Absolutely. Here's something I want to talk to you about. How do we know what a good relationship is in the first place? Um. The reason I ask you that question is because I think a lot of times we are aiming for a good relationship 
but we have no target to aim for. We don't know exactly what it is that we're trying to obtain in the first place. Um, so I got an analogy for you. Say somebody put a pile of wood in front of you, bunch of pipes, bunch of tools, they told you to build a house. House represents the relationship. But you never built a house before. You've never watched somebody else build a house before. You've never seen the blueprints for how to build a house. Let's just say you've seen a picture. So like we go on Instagram, we see relationship goals, pictures, and we start aiming for that target. Mm. But we don't know anything about the blueprints yep. that goes into yep. that. So then we start building a house, but we don't know how to pitch the roof. We don't know where to put the support beams in the house. And then we wonder why our, our relationships always are falling apart. Mm -hmm. So how do we know in the first place what a good relationship is? What should we be aiming for? First seek the kingdom and all else will come, mm. you know. Um, your foundation, for me, in my experience, your foundation has to be God. Your foundation has to be God. Yeah. You can't, like I said, you can't be with somebody if you don't have your anchor. Yeah. Um, because those are your moral principles and that's where you build it off of. Mm -hmm. I think a, a good sign of a good relationship is communication. Not just communication, but um, understanding. Yeah. So it's one thing, I could talk at you all day, but if you're not hearing or understanding what I'm saying and mm -hmm. what I actually mean, yeah. then we're not getting anywhere, right? right? So communication and understanding. Yeah. And there has to be a willingness to understand. Yes. Yeah. Um, and even understanding is more than like, mm, okay, I hear you. Sometimes it's follow-up questions like, okay, that part right there, what did you actually mean by that? Yes. And what happens if this doesn't work? Or what, you know, like, what are the alternatives here? Like, let me just get the full round picture of what you're trying to say right now. Right. Um, and then also understanding without attaching your personal feelings to it. Mm -hmm. So if I say something to you that's hurting me that you did, right? Or whatever the relationship is, if I'm saying, hey, this affected me this way because you did this and this is how I feel about it do not come back well I feel like you did this do not defend yourself yeah. this is a time for you to listen and understand ask questions well what about this did I do that hurt you where does that come from right. like let's actually explore the the root of what this is because unless we get to the root of it it's still going to be a problem even if we say okay we fixed it it'll be like one week two weeks great and then later down the road when everything is piled up it's going to come back out. So what it's sounding like is you're saying that understanding does not mean agreement. Oh, no. Okay. Not always. Not always. Um, you don't always have to agree. Now, if you feel like you need to defend yourself, mm -hmm. there's a time and a place for it. Um, if somebody's being, being vulnerable with you, saying, like, I'm communicating with you this thing that's hurting me, and I actually feel this way, and this is a problem, yep. that's not the time to be like, well, I have this problem, too. You need to seek to understand first and then maybe let that conversation die down a little bit and come back. Yeah. Another way also that might help is don't just project, like if I'm the one who has a problem, the issue that I want to be addressed, don't always assume that the other person has the mental capacity or emotional capacity to take it in at that time. Mm -hmm. So maybe this person just had the hardest day at work and they're stressed and they just want to come home and like lay down on the couch and do nothing. Yeah. Don't come in and be like, hey, because then it's like I, I'm not even ready to receive this right now. Absolutely. So sometimes it's even like, hey, I want to address something. Um, do you have the mental capacity to talk about it right now? Mm -hmm. And then if that person says, actually, no, I don't. I actually don't. You know, like 
you need to be understanding of that as well. Be like, okay, I accept that. I'm not taking it personal yeah. because they are their own person as well. Um, but also don't push it off where it's like, okay, every time I ask, it's still no, it's still no, it's still no. If it is, then be like, okay, we're going to talk about it this Friday after dinner. Yeah. Like set an appointment. Sometimes it has to be professional. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but still, it's like we need to be considerate of the other person's mental and state, yeah. yeah mental state yeah. Um, because you can't just project that onto people. Not at all. Not at all. And I know that for a fact because I know myself. So I know there are days where I come home and I'm just tired. It's not that I'm angry with somebody or anything. I just need a moment. Um, so, yeah, that goes back to communication, like you were saying, and learning the other individual. Um, another question I want to ask you. I'm giving you the question. Oh, today. gosh. I'll, I'll think of some for you. <laughs> I want to talk about how do you get over a relationship? So when you, when you, especially the good ones, the ones that last long, the ones that you're really committed to, the one you really like the other person, and then for whatever reason it ends, how do you get over them? Uh, because a lot of times it leaves a void of some sort. It's a very great question for yeah. my time in life right now. Okay. Um, I will say that getting over a person is not linear. Just like any type of healing, it's not linear. Especially if it's a good relationship. Um, there goes through, it goes through a process of grieving, mm. to be honest. The same process that you would grieve somebody dying yeah. is kind of the same thing that your heart does when you lose a relationship. Especially if it was a good one. Um, because there are stages of denial where I can't believe this is happening. I can't, you know, this isn't actually real and you're fighting everything to make it yeah. your reality again. Um, and then there's also anger. Yeah. There's an anger that goes through. There's a depression where you just can't get out of bed. Um, there is also, I can't, there's five stages of grieving. Um, and then... I think it comes to an end when you start to acknowledge that that is what happened. Yeah. You have to accept it. That's mm. the final stage. Um, I, at the time, when it first happened, I was like, can we just skip to the acceptance so I can be over this already? It was like one week out of it, and I was like, no. like I don't want to feel any of that. I just want to skip forward to when I'm feeling happy in myself mm. again. Um, I can tell you now, I'm pretty much... Like six months later, mm. I'm pretty much at the acceptance point where I found my closure. Yeah. Closure, I will talk about closure in a second, but the process that I had, I went through all those things. I went through anger. I went through depression. I went through sadness. I went through denial and all these things that I just didn't want to feel, mm. but I had to feel them. Yeah. I had to feel them because I had to let go of what this ideal I had in my head um, and in my heart and realized that God was moving me in a way that he wanted me to have that relationship with him mm. first. That's I, big. I found out that I was ideal idolizing this relationship. Although we were still pretty centered in God, you can have a godly relationship and still idolize the relationship. Yeah. I was so in love with the idea of, okay, this is going to be my husband. We're going to have a family. We're going to do the house. We're going to do all those things. Yeah. Um, and we kind of lost sight of our own relationship with God, even though we were like, okay, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying like we're doing all the things, you know, but at the end of the day, I was like playing house and being like, okay, that's going to be my life. And yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to. And he has so much more for you. There is so much more. Um, 
So to answer your question, how to get over that relationship, I had to find myself mm-hmm. because I was looking for myself in other people mm-hmm. when I refused to look at myself to find myself. Mm. Um, so you had to get it from you. I had to get it from me. And I had to, I essentially, I essentially took myself on dates because I was like, I, I just want to go on dates. Um, I'm not going to get on these dating sites or nothing like that. Right. I'm going to take myself. Why do I have to wait for somebody else to treat me to a movie or to lunch when I can do it myself? Yeah. So I would, I call them self dates and I'd be like, Hey mom, I'm going out. I'm going on a self date, you know, like I'll be out for maybe like two hours mm-hmm. and then how it would work. I'd be like, great. I would almost be talking to myself. Call me crazy. I don't know. I'm like in the car and I'm like, all right, I'm like, where are we going today? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we want a smoothie. Like, you want a smoothie? Yeah, let's go to Tropical Smoothie. So we go to Tropical Smoothie and be like, okay, now where do we want to go? Like, I want to go to Old Town, like pull out a blanket. I got like packed a blanket, had my little lunch, had a little book. And then I would lay the blanket out in the grass and just sit on the water, whatever it was. Um, But I would take myself on dates intentionally as if I was dating somebody else. Mm. And I started to fall in love with myself because I'm spending this time undistracted. You know, like it's one thing if I was like, great, let's go sit and have a picnic and I'm on the phone scrolling. Like I was very present in the moment and I was like tapping into my emotions of like, okay, what are we feeling today? And I'd be like, actually, I'm kind of sad today. I'm actually missing this person a lot and I wish they were here. And then reframing, I'd be like, but it's okay because I'm finding that love that I can give but I'm giving it to myself because I've never given it to myself. Yeah. Ever. Wow. I don't know why this weird analogy just came to my mind, Uh-oh. but I'm just going to go with it. And it's particularly speaking to when a relationship leaves a void in your life. So the analogy that came to mind is a pothole in the street. Mm. So when a pothole happens, obviously there's a dip in the road and I think part of getting over voids, you can't jump over them. You can't try to swerve around them. I mean, you can on the street, but you're going to put somebody in danger. You have to, to get over a void, you have to fill it with something else. Now, what you fill it with is the thing. Critical. So do you jump into another relationship trying to fill the void? Do you go to God and let him fill that void? Um, So just like a pothole, they could put like, I don't know, rocks or dirt in the pothole but it wouldn't work right Mm -hmm. it wouldn't last um so you literally have to fill that void with something concrete yeah something strong um no pun intended (laughs) uh yeah so just when you when you go to fill that void make sure you fill it with something positive something good something lasting um and then the other thing that came to mind is after you fill that void so you ever seen a pothole on the street and you can tell that they filled it with something mm-hmm. and it looks different than the rest of the road because mm-hmm. there's a patch there? Don't expect what comes after to look like what yes. it did before. Yes. Don't don't worry if, you know, now you're leaning on God. Um, don't try to compare that to, to when you had that relationship yeah. in your life. It may look different. It may be different. It may feel different. Um, but just be careful what you fill those voids mm. with. That's powerful. Yeah. That is very powerful. I think I'm at a point in my faith where I knew where to fill this void this time. Yeah. Uh, one of the topics that we had for this relationship, how we were going to quote it, is this breakup just hits different. Yeah. 
Um, so this breakup did hit different for me, yeah. where normally the, before I was saved, I would probably just toke up and just be smoking and yeah. drinking or whatever it was, mm-hmm. go out and do, filling it with the wrong filling stuff. it with the wrong stuff. But this time I was like, you know what? Let me soak myself in the word. Wow. Let me let God be my husband. And the few times I would be like, God, I'm struggling with this right now. I just I want a person that would love me the way that I want to be loved and that I have the love to give. Like, I just, why can't I receive that? And then multiple times in scripture, I would find the one that's like, God is your redeemer. God is your husband. God is your husband. God wow. is your husband. So I'm like, dang. Jesus is Bay, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, wow, let me focus on that. Yeah. So now when I'm doing my self dates, I'm not just out there by myself. I'm out there spending time with God. Yeah. So it's like even me driving in the car, I almost visualize Jesus sitting in the passenger seat <laughs> and like I can just talk freely yeah. and like that's our communication. That's what our relationship has come to be yeah. because of this breakup, wow. you know, where I was filling the void with like, okay, if I want to tell somebody about my day, mm-hmm. because this was actually a really cool day, like something really awesome happened today. Tell like me. maybe, I, yeah, like I would probably tell my mom, maybe like one of my my girlfriends or something. But ultimately, I'd be like, I'm going to run and tell God because wow. I know he's going to listen, yep. you know, every single time I'd run and tell God. Wow. And um, that also let me talk about about closure. Okay. Because that's a big thing. Like once you get over the breakup, it's like sometimes we're seeking closure in order for us to move on. Where it's like, if I just had this one staple where I was like, okay, boom, that's how I know and I'm gonna move on. We seek that closure and it just goes back and forth and back and forth where it's like, you kind of get it. Maybe they apologize, but you're like, okay, but I'm hoping for a little more. Maybe if I wait a week, maybe they'll come back or something like that, right? Um, But for me, I had to realize that me seeking closure coming from another person was never going to be enough because I knew what I wanted them to say. Um, and knowing that I probably won't ever get that response, I'm just driving myself crazy, seeking a response that will probably never happen. Wow. So even if they were like, okay, yeah, let's make it work. I knew that that still wasn't going to be enough because all these things had already changed. My perception of this person had already changed. Even if I did get it back, I would still, I would probably wake up the next day and be like, but I don't even want this anymore. Yeah. You know, and so I had to find what my closure was. And that ultimately came back to how I saw myself. Wow. Where it was like, Kiana, do you want a relationship where, you, you know, certain things aren't fulfilled? Or, you know, even after you talk for all these, these conversations and work things out, like, is that still going to be enough for you? And I said, you know, looking at my pro list now, and looking at my cons list, if the cons are outweighed by the pros, then I don't, I don't want it. Yeah. Um, so I had to find my own closure, being like, okay, how am I seeing myself? What is my actual worth? Am I worth more than that? Am I worth more than begging for bare minimum? Am I worth more than seeking somebody who I have to tell them to pursue me? Yeah. You know, things like that. It's like, I'm worth way more than that. Yeah. And I don't want that if that's what I have to ask for. So ultimately, your closure came from you. From God. From God. Because God was like, walk away. I was like, why? No, please, just one more. Walk away. I said, but what? Walk away. (laughs) He's so calm when he talks, too. Walk away. I feel like we could talk about this topic all day long. We sure could. Yeah. But. 
But it's, we want to give the t- chance to the audience to be involved a little bit. This is the time in our episode where we put it to the audience. So this one is called Questions from the Audience. So if anybody has any topics, questions, concerns, or anything that they would like to ask for us to kind of interpret and answer, now is your chance to shine. Any questions? E, I know you got some questions. Mm-hmm. Why don't you set the tone? All right. So I think we talked about, you know, how do we get over um, a relationship that ended, especially if it was a great one. Um, and we had some tactics and everything that you guys talked about. But how do you get to that acceptance part? Mm. That acceptance part, um, it's tied heavily to surrender. Where the you have to understand the process that God is trying to take you to, to get you to your promise. Um, And in order for you to have that surrender, you have to trust that no matter what it looks like that he's taking you through, that he's going to bring you to that. So even if you have to go through some loneliness, even if you have to go through some some days, weeks of depression where you feel like I can't even get up. Trust that he's going to bring things, people, experiences into your life at a time where you're ready to handle it. Not where you think you're ready, where he knows that you're ready. Um, And that acceptance will come from surrendering where I'm like, okay, God, I completely, I, yeah, like I had to surrender my hopes and dreams of this relationship of like, what if it works? What if it figure we figure it out? Whatever. I had to surrender that. I had to let it go. I have to let it go. You have to let it go. Hmm. And if God, if it's in God's will, I mean, maybe it'll come back, but you have to be ultimately okay. If with the, if it does not, if it does not, I will be okay because I surrendered to a God who knows what I desire and will promise the thing that he knows that I need. Yeah. The only thing I'll uh, say is when it comes to accepting, at least in my experience, um, when I was able to accept it was when I came to the understanding that he ultimately had something better for me. Yeah. So that my list didn't actually matter. Um, And then I was able to accept whatever process I was in because I knew what would come out of it would be greater than what I wanted. So you mentioned that a relationship is much like building a house. It needs a foundation. And you also mentioned that you needed godly, I guess a godly role model as far as a relationship to follow. So what would you, what godly role model would you recommend to a young couple or young person that's looking to start dating? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, yeah. Jesus Christ, definitely, um, because we saw how he loved unconditionally. Um, We saw how he loved people with illnesses and different backgrounds, and, you know, he believed in salvation, right? To make it even more tangible into our everyday life, um, surround yourself with people who you can admire their relationship, whether that's family members where you're like, wow, they've been together since, I don't know, 50 plus years. I admire that. What And like even get to have conversations with them. Yeah. Like what were some things that you guys had in your relationship that 
you felt at the time were tough, but looking back, it actually built you guys stronger. And how did you guys bring God into your relationship? Um, not just elderly people, because I think, I just think there's something beautiful about relationships that last that long. Yeah. You know, you there's so much literally you there. grow old together. I yeah. love that. I love love. Um, but also getting into fellowship. Yeah, maybe like tapping into a church or finding. I know there's a lot of couples. Um, um, what's the word? Fellowship, I should say. Yeah. Um, ministries, ministries, yeah. ministries. Yeah. Um, and just try to find people that you admire their relationship. Um, and even if it, nobody's relationship is perfect, but get to know them, get to ask questions, and find guidance through them because you will become what you seek out to be. And Absolutely. you know, rather than looking at celebrities, you know, who get divorced divorces all the time maybe look to the church because yeah. they're still not perfect but they figured out a way to keep it going with a strong foundation yeah. in christ yeah i think she got that one good <laughs> <laughs> anything else yes there we go <laughs> so you know, a lot of people are going on journeys, discovering who, who they are, discovering who they are with Christ, and we all know it's a long journey. It's never ending. It's constantly evolving. And how do you kind of discern when, you know, you don't feel like you're ready for a relationship, but God feels like you're ready for a relationship. He tries to put somebody in your life, mm. but you're not willing to accept it yet. How do you mm. kind of discern about going about that? Mm. That's a great question. Great question, Jordan. Yeah. When God gives you an assignment, whether it's relational or whatever the case is, your best choice is to accept it. Because the Bible I read says he will not put more on you than you can bear. So if he gives you something or he is telling you that you should enter into a relationship, that means you have what is necessary. He's not going to ask you to do anything that you're not capable of doing. Um, so if, if you feel like he's calling you to a relationship but you might not think you're ready, that's his way of telling you you are ready. I've placed in you what you need. So all you need to do is be obedient, move forward, and keep him first, and then you'll be okay. I have a follow-up question. Is this, if you're asking for a friend, right? Um, uh, is the question based off of, like, you guys are actively dating already and you want to make the, the step of making it a, an official relationship or is it like I kind of this person just came into my life and might be wifey I don't know yet uh, I think for me personally it was kind of like me two years ago okay that's kind of was for me because I've been in a relationship for two at this point but I wasn't sure if this was supposed to be a relationship I was supposed to be in at the time okay I started a lot of things I had to work on personally but then God kind of put this person in my life and it's actually enhanced my life a lot mm -hmm. and it's actually enhanced my relationship with God a lot and I just at that time I was like I don't know if I'm ready for this mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to go through this again and looking back on it it was something I need to go through absolutely but at that time it was kind of just difficult to kind of discern whether or not this is my doing or if it's his doing yeah I think also too um speaking back to that time two years ago right or anybody who might be relating to this question I think you don't have to just jump into dating where it's like, this is my official girlfriend now, right? Or boyfriend, I should say. <laughs> um, but there are stages where maybe even 
and taking the pressure off of, is this going to be my relationship? Is this going to be my future spouse? And do I treat them accordingly? Maybe if like taking the perspective of how do I be best friends with a person? How do I just focus on being friends and just being cool with this person? Um, I think that also brings a lot of discernment because when you take the pressure off of this is a potential relationship where I might marry this person, maybe it's not even extremist marrying, but being in a relationship, it takes a lot of um, pressure off of you when you're in that interaction with somebody because yeah, maybe if I'm like, wow, she looked at me differently today. Maybe she she wants to be wifey right now. Um, you have time. Like, you have time um, to develop a relationship. Just like we develop our relationship with God, it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it takes months, many years. Even people, I'm sure now, who are like 40, 50 above, like, they're still developing their relationship with Christ every single day because different things are always happening. So focusing on making your relationship um, with somebody, a friend first, then maybe, okay, I really connect with this person. That doesn't mean they're going to be your relationship spouse or whatever, but maybe they're best friends next. And then maybe take them around your friends and like definitely dating in a way where you can get counsel. Yeah. I think that's another really great way to discern if a relationship is the relationship where you have counsel from godly people, whether those are the people in your church or if you're, you have a fellowship group or anything like that, people who are connected to God that you can trust their opinion. Because if they say, hey, no, I know this person and I don't think that they would be a great match for you in this part of their life or this part of your life, you know, and taking that advice. Um, and even if they're like, hey, like I could actually see that, you know, I think that there would be a, an enhancement to your life with this person. So, yeah, like go for it. Um, but, yeah, taking it one phase at a time, I think, would help. Any other questions, concerns? No more questions? Um, well, I'll, I, I guess I have another one, right? Yeah. Um, so when going through some situations with your significant other, right, would you feel like it is best to um, address that situation with your significant other first or get some advice before you address that situation? I think it depends on how serious you guys are. If you guys are kind of freshly dating, then maybe get some outside opinion. But if you guys are married, it's you and your person first, Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, th I think I would agree with that. Um, what I will say about that is address issues when they happen. Don't, don't leave them. Um, my parents used to say, if you act up in the store, you get beat in the store. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever it happens, that's where you deal with it. Um, so if you, if you have issues come up in your relationship, don't let them sit. Um, either go directly to somebody else right away for advice or go to them to talk to them um, right away. Yeah. Anything else? Don't be shy. Do you have one? Oh, I thought I was again. S-O-S. All right. S-O-S. 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 Scripture on the spot. S-O-S. All right. Oh, it'll, it'll take us three minutes. We'll do it quick. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be fast. Okay, right. so this section of our show is called S-O-S, Scripture on the Spot, where we let the Holy Spirit lead us to a scripture, and then we do a one-minute sermon on the spot, okay? I see you're going first. I'm going first, I should say. We'll do this quick. Give him a quick word of God before we get out of here. 
Iman, can you set up a timer? Because I can't count. <laughs> I can't. All right. I opened up to the book of uh, Proverbs. Nice. It says, wisdom is supreme. I will give you four verses, quick verses. Listen, my son, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning. So do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, and only a child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Okay, ready. Um, God equips us way before we think we are ready, way before we need to tap into our toolbox. He's already filled up our toolbox to this present day where you are right now in your journey. So whenever you feel like I'm not ready, I don't know enough, I don't have enough, you actually have an entire toolbox ready of all the things that you're afraid to tackle. Mm. Um, and it starts at our youth because even when we're young, we are filled up with so much wisdom, so much knowledge, and so much even joy yeah. um, that I think as we get older and life starts to happen, we lose sight of the things that we are already fully equipped of. Um, so he says, do not forsake and like take it, do not lose my knowledge that you see, right? Yeah. Um, it's easier for us to get caught up in that because we have all these other distractions in our world. Um, but he's saying, be attentive to what I have already taught you yeah. because I've already shown you how you can get through this obstacle right here. You already have everything that you need in order to be successful. So listen to my words that I've already taught you. Ooh. You already got it in you. Mm. Good. All right. Don't be giving me no Deuteronomy, Leviticus. No, see, you be going to the Old Testament right away. Okay, first, okay, first one that I see. Uh, boom. Colossians 2. Uh, it says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Mm. My title today, you know, I always try to do a title, is Knowing the Secret. The secret of God is one that is available to everybody, but not everybody knows. He makes it that way purposely because he wants you to do the work to find out what that secret is. There is a hidden love that is accessible to everybody that everybody can have, but everybody doesn't have it. So why is that? He allows us to go through experiences in our lives he allows us to go through situations that should bring us back to him so that he can display that love in our lives, so that he can display that glory in our lives. While we're in those situations, we don't understand why. But in retrospect, when you're looking back at those situations, that's when his love comes into view. That's when that 2020 vision kicks in and mm. you say, wow, God, I see what you were doing now. Is that it? Beautiful. That was beautiful. Whew. Wow. wow. <laughs> I feel like we could even do a part two on that one, but that yeah. was relationships. This, this, this. Yeah, that time went by different. quick. Uh, we got to an hour pretty quick. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you to our live audience for being here today. 
This is the first of many. This is season one, so you guys are technically the OGs. Yep. We might get y'all a t-shirt or something. Yes, yes, yes. We yes. gotta get some merch, but you guys are OGs. Thank you for coming out today um, for all of our viewers or listeners, I should say. Yep. Um, thanks for listening. Absolutely. We have a gift for everybody in the room, so make sure you find that sheet and put your email address down and your name so that we can email you your gift. There will be an exclusive audio podcast in there for you to listen to. Uh, there's going to be some discount codes in there. So if yeah. you enjoyed that food, you can get a discount from her on her services. Um, and there's a few other ones in there as well. We have a photography discount for yeah. our photography ser services today. Absolutely. Um, we have some doula services. If you guys are expecting, get a little discount on that. Yeah. And then uh, also my personal. Holy sweat. Holy sweat, my little passion baby. Uh faith-based fitness programs for you guys you guys also get a discount on that so Absolutely. check out your emails and we'll send you your digital swag back yeah yeah, yeah. Um, thanks again to our sponsors yes. and uh before we go i just want to say a special thank you to julian iman hallie brianna tay the entire team it takes a special group of people to support somebody else's vision and they do it without hesitation so I am grateful to every single one of you with all my heart. Yes, thank you for serving, you guys. Yes. All right. Thank you guys for coming. Make sure you take some food with you because uh, it cannot fit in my refrigerator. <laughs> all all right, right, you guys. Peace out. Peace. We're good? Yeah. Woo!